I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Cornetto. Chocolate! It doesn't say anything about a chocolate, does it? No. No, it doesn't. Sure it doesn't. So fuck off! My boy says he can eat 50. Hello, and welcome to another Spool.ie podcast with me, Nigel Wheatley, and him, Pork McGill. Hey, Pork. Hello. So, in this pod, we're going to chat through some of the biggest films in cinemas right now, as of week two in December, and see what's coming our way in the next couple of weeks leading up to, and just after Christmas and into the new year, um, as we then face into Oscar season. They haven't got a host right now, but... Um, oh, yeah. Poor Kevin Hart. Poor uh, Kevin Hart, but kind of not poor Kevin Hart. I was it's a bit th- difficult. I thought he should have just... I get why he's not apologising, because he's like, look, that's from years ago, and... Are you happy about every single tweet you've ever done? So, like, you have to draw a line under certain things. And I don't know, I think it's, it's silly. And it's kind of the Oscars shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, yeah, by force, by te- by announcing it and then telling him to apologize. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, he did the exact right thing. But, yeah, they're really struggling with finding the host. Anyway, we'll see what happens. So, yeah, as a disclaimer on this podcast, we're yet to see Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which opens uh, in the next couple of days. We're yet to see The Favourite, which is in a couple of weeks. Vice, the Dick Cheney films coming our way. And then the documentary that's in cinemas at the minute, Three Identical Strangers, mm. also on the list. In my and head, Roma there's something well, so. crazy that opens like tomorrow. Which one? Like, I'm trying to, I might think of it before the end of the podcast, but again, I was like, There oh, is no yeah. tomorrow because podcasts live in, <gasps> in, in non-eternity. We're just talking about general. End of week two. Maybe. Cinema release. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Spider-Man previewed last weekend and uh, seeing it in a couple of days, so can't wait for that. But anyway, um, plenty of talk about, to talk about. There's four films that I think, because we were like, do we need to do this? We do our, just wait for our best of, but we're doing that next week. But there's four films that I think definitely warrant a bit of a chat. So will we kick off with um, a little bit of Robert Redford in uh, The Old Man and the Gun? Yeah, I'll give it a wee bit of wind up and then the clip. So it's directed by David Lowry. Uh, who directed Anthem Body Saints, Pete's Dragon, and Ghost Story? Did you ever see Pete's Dragon? I did. It came on One. Netflix and Wonderful. I watched it. And I was like, yeah, it's really good. Um, Ghost Story was not a fan of, and yeah, Anthem Body Saints was very good. Yeah, but he's notable. Every new film he'd have, you'd be like, yeah, I'll check his out. There's three. Yeah. One thing I kind of liked with this, and it, it'll, I'll refer to it in another film, is that it's 93 minutes long. So it's like, it's perfect. Uh, so it stars Robert Redford as Forrest Tucker. And then we've got Sissy Spacek as Jewel and Casey Affleck as uh, a police officer, John Hunt. And they're kind of the three main characters in it. And Robert Redford is very old. He's in his like 60s or 70s. And it turns out uh, he robs banks with a gang who are played by Danny Glover and Tom Waits. Yeah. So here's a clip of Robert Redford talking to Sissy Spacek in a cafe about what he does for a living. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I didn't think so. Not because I can't. <laughs> because it's just not my style. Not your style. Mm-mm. You have style. I do. Well, uh, tell me what that is then. My style? Yeah. Okay, well, let's take this place. This place is not my style. I'd say it was a bank. And instead of that counter up there, that was really a teller's window. And that lady standing there was the teller behind the window. And you just walk in, real calm, and you find yourself a spot, and you sit down, just like we're sitting here. And you wait, and you watch. And that may take a couple of hours, might take a couple of days even, but you wait. It's got to feel right. The timing has to feel right. And when it does feel right, you make your move. So you walk right up, Look her in the eye and you say, ma'am, this is a robbery. And you show her the gun like this. 
something about diners, isn't there? And, and it's a great things. diner. You'd almost yeah. think like, oh, is that a fake diner? Yeah. So it's really kind of nicely paced film. It doesn't. It's ninety minutes, but it kind of it it's not rushed either. You kind of it ambles along. Um. So it's Rob, It's kind of this like examination of who the character Robert Redford as as um. Forest. Forest is, and that he's kind of this free spirit who can't be tied down and he just really likes robbing banks and then it's yeah and kinda he's been in jail like we learn loads. later on in the film that he has escaped from jail loads and there's a point been... in the film where it shows all the escapes he's done and it's a very like oh Wes anderson is it <laughs> um but it kind of have on the other hand then um, so on that bit they use a bit of archive and i was like how did they get the rights or what's that from or how and did it they... also makes no sense because yeah it's like 20 years ago yeah but like then Robert Redford has aged horrendously. Like the clip they've day. used, he's about twenty in it. Yeah, but it's like ten years later. And he's all not added up. Don't don't yeah. Don't worry about it. So Casey Affleck then is kind of this cop who's a bit like miserable and hates everything. So as he comes to kind of d- d- realize that Robert he's the Redford one who kind of puts the dots, uh, yeah, the dots and realizes, oh, there was a crime here in our local town. There was mm. a crime. Oh, I checked the local paper in the library. Using the uh, those scanning machine things, what yeah. do you call them? Don't. So he's like, I kind of almost don't want to capture this guy because he's real free spirit and he's just happy and he's doing what he wants and he's not, he hasn't killed anyone, he's not harming anyone. So he kind of comes to this realization like, do I actually want to capture him? And to me, I was kind of thinking, like, yeah, really digging this, a solid three. And then the more of Leia kind of. You can love a film and then in the last 20 minutes it all falls apart. But for me, the last 15 to 20 minutes in this elevated it. It was like this slow burn that just grew and grew. And then there's great chase scenes. And just then the way it resolves itself was like, yes, brilliant. Like, yeah, I was very, very happy with it as well. Um, you, Is there something about that relationship between him and uh, between Forrest and Jewel? Uh, Sissy Suasic's character as well. There's something I know people talk about with the likes of Grace and Frankie and films seeing people who may be the age of your parents or your mm, aunt or your mm. uncle or whatever age you are listening to this. But there's something charming about seeing like people who've had life experiences and there's something in their eyes and in their faces that sort of just has a bit of a story to tell and just seeing them acting opposite each other developing yeah. these new dynamics. And it's just I thought it was very charming. I um, really, really liked it. Uh, I yeah, I'm in the I'm in the four out of five. I give it four out of five, solid. Yeah. Um and yeah, just to, nice to get a nice to get a bit of a love story. So David Lowry's working on a Peter Pan film. I think that's coming next year. Or something. Oh, great! Very so good. Something to look forward to. Nice. Um, the other one. So that was out just last weekend in cinemas and got very glowing reviews alongside this other film. Sorry to bother you, which yeah. I'd seen a preview of. Yeah. And um, I just said, poor this. I think you need to see this. You're going to have opinions on it. Yeah. So this might get, I don't know if the film is a bit spoilery, but we'll give, maybe we'll allude to some of the weirdness in it. Yeah, we um, probably won't give the big left turn at in like act three. Because yeah. I'd seen the trailer for this beforehand, I suppose, to kind of tee it up. It's uh, Boots Riley's first feature film. Um, He's done kind of like shorts and music stuff. He seems like a real kind of... Yeah, I think everything. he is a rapper, yeah. a hip-hop artist in his own right. But. And uh, Cassius Green is played... He's kind of the main character. He's played by Lakeith Stanfield, who people will know from Atlanta and... Get Out. And Get stuff, Out, yeah. stuff like that. Really he's, good, solid actor. He's very good in this, isn't he? Kind of yeah. sympathetic, but he's cool. But he's sort of classic almost has a bit of a hangdog face when he needs mm. to so he's kind of living in his uncle's uh, garage 
and uh, gets a job as a telemarketer basically selling stuff not doing too well at it and then again Danny Glover connecting us from uh, the old man in the gun ding ding will kind of has this word with him to be like you need to use your white person voice and he's like oh what are you talking about there's a nice dig at Will Smith as well which is like oh don't black people hate him Will Smith is I read somewhere someone saying that he should host the Oscars and I was like oh, I don't know yeah him and his wife could do it mm-hmm. a lot of people hate his wife apparently they yeah they don't do much together like sorry. yeah and uh, so yeah here's a little clip then of kind of Danny giving him the lowdown on the white hey, voice let me give you a tip use your white voice Man, I ain't got no white voice. Oh, come on, you know what I mean. You have a white voice in there, you can use it. It's like when you pulled over by the police. Oh, no, I just use my regular voice when that happens. I just say, back the fuck up off the car and don't nobody get out. All right, man, I'm just trying to give you some game. You want to make some money here? Then read the script with a white voice. People say I talk with a white voice anyway, so why ain't it helping me out? Well, you know talk white enough. I'm not talking about Will Smith's wife. I'm talking about the real deal. Like this young blood. Hey, Mr. Kramer. This is Langston from Regal View. I didn't catch you at the wrong time, did I? So yeah, I had kind of seen that in the trailer and it gives it away and I was like, oh, that's hilarious and that's a genius idea. So now you having listened to this podcast know this, so I think you would get the most from this film just being like, walked into a theatre, sit down and be like, here, watch this. Because it's not until the third scene when I was I didn't know the white I didn't know ah, okay, yeah. I knew there's something to telemarketing but yeah. I didn't know the voices. So he kinda keeps getting better and better once he starts using his white voice and then he becomes a power caller and it's this kind of thing. There's all these small kind of vignettes going on in the world whereby you can uh, join a company, I think it's called Worry No More or No More Worries, where you're basically buying into slavery. It's like you're saying, yeah, I'll sign over my life for you. You're going to put me up in basically a hostel in a bunk bed and give me four terrible meals a day and I'll have work for the rest of my life. And then it turns out when he becomes a power caller, this is basically what he's doing. He's selling slave trading, kind slave of trading yeah. to all these different kind of companies around the world. And then we have Army Hammer's character who comes into it, who's the boss of this worry no more and has a role for him to do. This is when it takes a totally other bonkers turn where I were you on board for the bonkers. Kind of. Yeah. But I was <laughs> just like, what? Now, to me, where I thought the fel- film fell down is that. It's far too long. It's like an hour and 51 minutes. It kind of suffers from that thing, I think, of like, this is my first film. Maybe it's the only ever film I'll get to make. So I'm going to throw everything at it. Yeah. To get to the point where the shit hits the fan, so to speak, it seemed like it took a good while. Yeah. And, and it, it started retreading. Yeah. This could have been tightened up a little cut bit. Cut a bit out and made it into yeah. like a solid 90, 100 minutes. And yeah. I think I would have been more. It's very more... funny. It's very, very clever. I loved being in that world, but it dragged a little bit. Um, and... I think the rap scene is hilarious. That had me like howling with laughter. I thought that was yeah. brilliant. And there's loads of really like just this kind of get out was very important for the moment. I think this is equally too because it's kind of going like, what do you have to sacrifice to get out? Like yeah. for only for black people to do well, they basically have to like compromise everything and pretend like they're just, you know, fit in with the white people and all that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And Boots Riley was a guy who kind of took a dig at Spike. Uh, Lee about Black Klansmen and and now it it didn't do anything positive for mm. the movement right now. So anyway, out of five, where are you landing? Uh, three, I think three and a half. I think I'm on the four because okay. just at the end of it, I was like that. What did you think about the very last amazing. thing as well? Uh, the final scene, the garage door thing. Uh, I was a bit like oh, I don't know if I needed that, but I suppose it adds that. 
yeah yeah we'd love yeah <laughs> it's definitely but i think everyone should see it like it's, it's one of those that De- every, oh definitely every yeah. film fans should probably try to get to it yeah um because we're managing to link all the films together the other film that's uh come out just 10 days ago or two weeks or something or last week i don't know anyway starring tessa thompson is creed 2 so you've seen this yep. as well mm-hmm. so um needless to say this is a rocky film I don't know if you've noticed, Orti, you've had a Rocky film on. I was really annoyed because, yeah, I came home Creed over Christmas and saw Rocky 2 and I was like, oh, but it was the end of it because I was like, I'd like to watch this again. Yeah. So um, Rocky 4, which is on next week, would be the most relevant one to get to watch because Creed 2 is effectively the, if you think the first Creed was kind of a remake of the first Rocky because Mm -hmm. young Creed, um, Adonis Creed, loses at the end and all that so it's kind of the remake mm. whereas creed 2 is dipping into rocky 4 rocky 4 is of course the one where apollo creed dies at the hands of the russian boxer ivan drago and uh, rocky balboa then travels to russia to fight him but it's very much late 80s cold war thingy this film sort of stays away from the russia US kind of thing. It's written mm-hmm. by Sylvester Stallone, which I think is very interesting, along with someone who has only written one film. So it's like he actually drove most mm. of the writing, which is pretty impressive. There He's was... kind of grey hair in the whole thing. But... Yeah, there was a thing at the start where they introduced Stallone kind of weirdly, where um, uh, Creed is getting ready in this dressing room and it... Stallone kind of comes from the shadows and I was like oh he's dead he's like a ghost yeah I thought I wondered about that Creed is just talking to him like but no because there's someone else in the room who doesn't react at all but then I was like I think they want us to wait to consider that anyway so the film um, Ryan Coogler directed the first Creed but he has gone on to do Black Panther and he's exec producer here but um the, so there's a new director and we get to see Dolph Lundgren as Ivan Drago and then he's is training his son Victor Drago I think is his name I haven't read it um, who's who, an absolute all of them are absolute monsters they're yeah. so big he's, so like, he's a real life kind of fitness boxer kind of guy and yeah th- there's a weird so the film is entirely about fatherhood and the dynamics are sort of developed in trying to break out of someone's shadow or trying to idolise or as you idolise someone trying to um, mirror what they do and there's about seven father son dynamics mm. apparent through the whole thing um i think this, it kind of captures have... well that kind of like with boxers or athletes or any kind of thing or it's just like your whole life is based around winning or yeah and especially with boxing it's like you know oh you're lost so you're useless you're disregarded goodbye kind of thing yeah. i think it kind of captures that kind of yeah and his uh partner played by tessa thompson is a pop musician and even though she's very successful in her own right, she's still best known as being his partner. Mm. And they so they, he proposes to her. They have a baby. There's then a whole other um, angle to do with um, Tess Thompson's character is, is deaf. And so will the child be deaf? And mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it just I love brilliant it. entrance music. Yeah. No, the way I, I thought that I that thing the I was way like, it's kind of shot. Cool. So I didn't know much about reviews on this. I didn't know. But when I was watching it, I was like, this is one of my this is one of my favorite cinema experiences of the year where you're just kind of enjoying the sport. You're buying into the story. It's like the montage when he goes off to do his training. Is oh, that's possible. hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely hilarious. But yeah, they've got enough of a nod to the old Rocky universe. So Bridget Nielsen is in there as well. And the Russian kind of thing. And um, yeah, I just think it's absolutely fab. Uh, what did you? I think you I settled on about three or three and a half. It's really yeah. solid. It's really enjoyable. 
Um, only worth seeing in the cinema. Like this is yeah. something we'll talk about next week in the best of the year podcast. But uh-huh. like it just lent itself well. It's a very cinematic thing. But to me, just those dynamics that they built up were mm. were great. And ending, can there be a Creed three? I don't think there should be. No, and I don't think Rocky should. And it kind of looked like anymore. Rocky's. There's a nice wee touch. Yeah, where he's in a chair beside a ring at one point, and you're like, oh yeah, that's the end. Yeah, now. and to me, it did feel a bit like the TV show This Is Us as well, which just basically makes you get mm. emotional and weepy and stuff. And then I was thinking that when I was watching oh, it, yeah. that the way they concocted it, and then Milo Ventimiglia is also. Because he's rocking. Th- that was a nice son. touch. So yeah. I was like, are they just playing with me here? So yeah. anyway, highly recommended for me. I think I went landed on about the four and a half. Mm. Or definitely. So we've had three knockout films. Will we see Creed 2 in Nigel's top 10? Yeah, who knows? Stay tuned next week. Um, and just one word for Tessa Thompson, who I was looking at her last year, her last 12 months or whatever. She's had Thor Ragnarok, Sorry to Bother You. Annihilation, you know, the Netflix thing. She did, there was a new series of Dear White People. She was all through Westworld. And then she was in this. And she's also acted in a Men in Black film that's coming next year. And she's playing Lady in Lady and the Tramp. So you know, sometimes when you're like, Jesus, you're in everything. Yeah. Um, but she's very, she, there's great dynamic. Like the, the very different performance in this and in Sorry to Bother You. Like I think she. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. it's just worth seeing. So anyway, so we're going to wrap up with uh, one more that uh, we sort of liked, which again, this is really strange, but we watched a Coen Brothers film on the telly. Mm. So this is something we talked about no last month. No cinematic release for it. Yeah. So they worked with a company and they developed these six short films that was maybe well suited to the small screen as a miniseries, but then decided, I don't know the backstory, but to join them together and offer it up as one feature film. Mm-hmm. So the film is called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And it's a Western and it's kind of an anthology pic- um picture and there's six i think in my head <coughs> uh kind of yeah. short stories and uh, lots of them are kind of nice vignettes and pastiches i like the first one with it's kind of like a piss take on calamity jane yeah. and you have this character who's all in Which white and it's good yeah. yeah and but he's also an absolute psychopath murderer killer guy and there's some cool funny stuff in that yeah my favorite was meal ticket which was liam neeson who plays um, a sort of a empresario entertainer man, mm. and he bit of a PT Barnum, to, yeah, and he travels travels from town to town, variety show, and his son, who's probably his son, has no arms and legs, so mm. sort of paraplegic. Um, I really like the one with James Franco, um, the Hangman's Noose kind of one, where he goes to yeah. rob the bank. I thought that was good, yeah. and I liked the throwback to the first film, uh, Tom Waits's individual story. Yeah, because to all me those were nice. Canyon. And hello, pocket. We're all contained, but other ones I was like, I don't think some of them looked particularly well. Like I've heard yeah. lots of people saying, like, oh, this needs to be seen in the big screen. I was like, some Maybe of this looks very yeah. cheap. Some of the, the CGI is one, quite bad. Yeah, the final one, which was all in the carriage, was very Tarantino. Oh, the purgatory kind of we're going to yeah. hell thing. Yeah, and I thought it was nice the way they drained the color from that. I thought that was a nice touch. But yeah, kind of when you say Tarantino, there to me, I was like. This is not as good as uh, The Hateful Eight or Django Unchained yeah. or the modern Western we had a couple of years ago with Jeff Bridges and Captain Kirk from uh, that one. So I'm just kind of like, you know, and you kind of, they're, they're all quite depressing, I think. Yeah. And so you kind of, as you watch... relationships between them or is it just like there's a simple morality thing going through them about... 
I do. I was trying to work out is there a certain fable quality to them whereby, yeah, like Tom Waits is one the all gold country being, you know, about the hard worker will be rewarded. I was just trying to join. It's something philosophical to them. Yeah, or they're just nice little stories. The, Maybe the, they're the kind just of yeah, the stories and to me. The way that they're so depressing at times, it kind of makes them predictable then when you watch them. Like the story about the frontier woman kind of going on the trail. Zoe across. Kazan's. Yeah. Thing, yeah. You're kind of like, it comes to a certain point that we're like, well, she's clearly going to die because this is what these are now. And I kind of like that. And it's like there's the romanticization of the old West and everything. But to me as well, that's not that done and it's not it's like yes it's not Cormac McCarthy here you know it's not that bleak so it's a bit fed in the middle and did you watch it from beginning to end in one sitting yeah three sittings yeah watch like as well two and three together then two and then the last one by itself done yeah so it's not telling like that because I had a similar experience did it in two in two run throughs but just as a concept I've never liked watching short films back to back anyway but no something about seeing it when you're like Again, nothing against, we all love on-demand services and stuff. But when you can see the timeline, you can pause it mm-hmm. and you know, oh, there's 47 minutes left. Yeah. Oh, sure, I'll just go and have a shower. Yeah. And make a cup of tea. And like... Or will I load it up on my phone while I go bring it into the bathroom? Like uh, like when I'm in the bath, yeah. you know? It's just something to me. It's, I'm, and I don't I'm think any more of them more on their it, own yeah. are able to sustain a film. I well, don't think you released... could develop any of them. Oh, and no, to no, me, no, they're, they're... it's too long then for like, because yeah. they're too, you're like, oh God. But then six, six, 10, 12, 15 minute shorts would be a night, would have been a nice way. I think more, it would have been easier to market as well because. You could have done a thing where it's like one a week. Yeah. You know. Anyway, we're, so I, overall, I think maybe three and a half out of five. I give three. Yeah. yeah. So The Ballad of Buster Scruggs is on Netflix worldwide now. So what caught my eye, we're just going to have a quick think about some stuff over the next few weeks it is actually a properly exciting kind of four to six weeks of stuff coming your way the two that i'd like to highlight um one isn't coming for about five weeks so we'll probably have another two or three podcasts before it but and um, if beale street could talk so this is barry jenkins follow-up to moonlight just because moonlight was a film that i sort of watched initially watched it at home which is a regret um then didn't think about it a huge amount. Then started going back to it because of all the Oscars thing. Anyway, mm. it's really stuck with me since. And it's the trailer ending. for this looks amazing. Yeah. And um, the other one then for me, because I'm picking two, uh, this is out in the next couple of days in the cinema for one week. <laughs> and that's Roma from Alfonso Cuaron. And it's just the story about his childhood. It's black and white. Um, it's just weird again. This Everyone a- has been like shiting on about it for four months. So I'm hoping to go in and be like, it's a lot of crap. No, you're hoping it's that been it's been so a, hyped. No, but it's it's won seven of the eight critic group like pairings in America that I've sort of read at this point as film of the year. Sight and Sound named it as their film of the year. So yeah, finger at this stage, and it won the golden something or other in Venice. Teddy bear, golden teddy bear, um, from you. Um, but it yeah, look, it's one of these that's getting hyped, and you mm. you hopefully it'll live up to it. But um, would have been nice to have gotten to see it. You've got one week there, yeah, um, before the end of the year. Yeah. It'd be in all our favorite lists your... for twenty nineteen at the end. No, of the year. it's it was out 
Oh yeah, for twenty nineteen. But then it's out, and you can like it's on Netflix. You can watch it on your iPad. Then yeah, when's like, one it, of the, is most the release date before the, the end of the year? Twenty first, oh, okay, or twenty fourth or twenty fifth or something. So it's 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 in the cinema for a week. Okay. In Ireland, you'll only see it those of you in Dublin or Galway. And will it be able to qualify for best foreign film for the yeah. Oscars? Yeah, or best film. It's one of the favorites, and everyone's oh, okay. like, um, it's it's up there in behind the Stars Born, I think as, and they're like a Netflix film. Like I'm, I don't know has a film um, nominated for best picture when it's been available on demand on Netflix for yeah. So anyway, look, who knows? Yeah, we're not going to talk about that too much. Uh-huh. Any picks from your good self? Uh, the favorite. Uh, it looks very entertaining, very funny. Um, the new one from Yorgos. Yeah. And um, stars up Olivia. to the killing of the sacred deer. Yeah, stars Olivia Coleman and other people who I can't remember now, but looks good fun again, kind of annoyingly. Everyone in England has already seen it because they've got previews. Probably people in Ireland have seen it, but and it's play. actually not out really till January first. January first, yeah. And so I liked that she's playing a regal figure, and she's also going to be playing the Queen in the the series three of the Queen. Yeah, so there I was, thought I was seeing the trailer for the Queen when I first kind of landed. There was a good tweet where someone kind of did the relations. Basically, like, she's playing her great-great-great-grandmother and then she's going to play her daughter-cousin twice removed or something. I was like, it's quite funny. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of my one to watch. Very good. So January. what do you want to wrap us up with? So, seen as... Uh, I went to see a play in England uh, a couple of weeks ago and Tom Waits narrated it. Hadn't thought about Tom Waits for a while. Then he appeared, unbeknownst to me, in The Old Man and the Gun. I was like, oh, that looks like Tom Waits. Oh, it is. And then he has his own story in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So in a nod to Tom Waits, here is a famous scene from Coffee and Cigarettes with his chat with Iggy Pop. So here we go, Tom. Hope to see you again soon. Yeah, we'll chat to you in a couple of days, probably, for the best films of 2018. Talk. Alrighty. Those your cigarettes? No, no, they were just sitting here in the garden. You don't smoke, do you? Nah. Don't give it up. Me either. Boy. Enough of that. That was enough. 25 big ones. Oh, boy. Finished. Uh, Got the energy now. Hey. Boy, since I quit, I mean, boy, just everything. Just focus. Zeroed in. Oh, yeah. Bang. You know? Me too. I feel sorry for suckers. Still puffing away, you know. No willpower. No willpower. Pacifier. (laughs) Silly. You know, the, the beauty of, of quitting is that um, now that I've quit, you know, I can have one. Because I've quit. <laughs> you know, I mean, just like jewelry, you know, it's not really. I don't even inhale. <laughs> mm. You want to join me in lunch? Well, yeah, since I quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Quit, okay. You know, you can have sure, one. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. All right. Hey. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Mm. Hey, boy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> now that we've mm-hmm. quit. Mm. Mm. Hey. Cigarettes and coffee, man. That's a combination. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. <laughs>